Hello and welcome to Double Stint at Sebring, Sports Car 365's coverage of this year's Super Sebring event. I'm joined today by Sports Car 365 Editor-in-Chief John DeGeese, and in today's episode we'll answer some listener questions related to Super Sebring and take a look at some of the series that are supporting the two main events this week in Sebring. John, how have you enjoyed the last couple days of the track? It's been a little bit of a lull in actual running. Exactly, Jonathan. We had the WEC prologue and on Sunday, and it hasn't been any track action yet, but we had transporters load in this morning for um, the WeatherTech Championship teams. The GTP cars um, were unloaded per the regulations. The rest of the WeatherTech Championship field unloads on Wednesday. And uh, we had that our support series unload as well, Michelin Pilot Challenge and Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America. So um, there was plenty of action in the paddock, even though we didn't have any track action today. Well, John, let's start off the episode by answering a couple of listener questions that are related to Sebring. Uh, first of all, Robert Joseph Coxie asks, with the Super Sebring event upon us, which I'll happily be in attendance for, will it rival Le Mans this year as an event due to all, but I think one for this year, of the LMH, LMDH manufacturers competing in the event that weekend with this new era of prototype racing? I know that with Le Mans, there will be the very special 100th anniversary along with the high car count for LMH and LMDH, but how important is this first WEC race at Sebring for the new era of sports car racing and what are you looking forward to most this week I think this is really interesting because if you look at Sebring as a track it couldn't be more different than Le Mans but I think this does kind of set the tone for what we'll see uh, at the 24 hours this year we know it's a a special anniversary for the race it's a special anniversary for uh, some manufacturers like Porsche as well 75 years at Le Mans Uh, but this is really the first race where we're seeing convergence in action together. We saw it at Daytona, uh, the debut of the cars, but now we're seeing both cars, LMH and LMDH, on track at the same time at Sebring. Exactly, Jonathan. I, I think this is a real crucial part of this convergence process and seeing double the races, too. Obviously, we only see LMDH cars in the Mobile One 12 hours of Sebring, but um, having two races, one eight-hour race, most likely, it's 1,000 miles, but it'll most likely run to eight hours for the WEC, and then the 12 hours of Sebring the next day, um, that puts a lot of mileage on these cars. It really helps them prepare for Le Mans, for those manufacturers going to Circuit de la Sarthe. And I think that this event as a whole probably rivals Le Mans on a normal year. I think the 100th anniversary of the French Endurance Classic will probably mean more than what we see here at Super Sebring. But on a typical Le Mans, I think what we see here with the number of cars on the grid and the diversity in the classes and a lot of the new cars debuting like the Ferrari and Van Wall and and Porsche and Cadillac in debuting in WEC, I think there's a lot of storylines. So um, certainly this is one that has a lot of international eyes glued upon just as much as we probably would see in France. Absolutely. And I think just talking about the whole point of convergence in general, this is a really important event, right? You, you want everything to go smoothly. I think Daytona was a fairly roaring success in terms of a debut for the new cars. But yeah, we have all the LMH cars debuting here. So it is a, it's a huge event. It's super busy. Uh, all the support series as well, which we'll touch on later in the episode. I think, John, in terms of what we're looking forward to most, I know for me, it was just seeing all the new cars. You know, I think we've been in such anticipation before Daytona, before Sebring. Obviously, Daytona was all the LMDH cars and now the the Le Mans hypercars. It's been just so exciting to see these new cars actually run for the first time, hear what they sound like on track and see them go and see them move. It's super, super cool. I I can't even describe it. Uh, Robert, you'll get a a taste of this this year because you'll be at Sebring. So I I hope you, you thoroughly enjoy it because we certainly 
are here, at least in the media center. And I think from my standpoint, just seeing how the balance of performance works between the LMH and LMDH, because that's been a hugely talked about topic in the paddock for for over a year now, since this was sort of coming into fruition. And so far, it seems to be working quite well. Um, we'll have to wait and see exactly how it unfolds in the race and qualifying when when, when things start counting on track for WEC. But, um, you know, I think the general topic when you talk to drivers right now, they're surprised by how far ahead the Toyota is. But I, I still think that the other manufacturers might have something to, to prove and have pace-wise once we get into the competitive sessions of the week. Our next question comes from Christopher Sedenka. He says, hey, fellas, great show. Really appreciate it, Christopher. Heading into Sebring this weekend, it'll be my first sports car race in attendance. Any tips for doing the weekend right? Thanks. Well, first of all, awesome that you're getting to a sports car race. They're a ton of fun, and you're going to love it. Uh, and you picked a heck of a race to, to start at as well. It doesn't really get much more action-packed than than Super Sebring. Uh, John, you've done this race more times than I have. This is my first time physically at Sebring. So any advice on on doing Sebring right for the first time? I think the biggest advice is just to really soak it all in. Um, be sure to attend the autograph sessions, um, grid walk for the, the mobile 112 hours of Sebring. Unfortunately, there is no open access for the WEC race as far as we can tell. Um, but certainly for, for the 12 hour, as IMSA always opens the grid to the fans, for the fans, um, it's such a great atmosphere and, and, and really try to travel around the different parts of the track. Um, you have 12 hours plus the eight hours of WEC as well. Um, there's a lot of time to really soak it all in and, and hope for, hopefully there's some good weather and the sun's shining and get to hear these race cars and, and see everything that's, that's out there to, to see. So, um, that'd be my suggestion. And, and certainly I'm trying to follow the race as, as close as you can, maybe listening to IMSA radio or radio Loma for the, the thousand mile of Sebring event as well. Absolutely. I, I can tell you just from my perspective as, as someone who's getting to explore Sebring for the first time uh, over the last couple of weeks for this event, if you have a camera, bring it and bring batteries because Sebring is such a fantastic place to shoot and take photos. If you want photos of these cars, of, of your heroes in the cars, this is a really, really fantastic track to, to go out and take photos. It's such a variety of corners too. You can shoot with cars down the straightaway. You can have cars coming right at you in corners. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so wherever wherever you're watching from on track it's uh it's gonna be a good bet but most of all we, we just hope you have a great time it's a, it's a really really fun event and we're glad you're getting to experience sports car racing live and in person for the first time and bring extra memory cards too <laughs> oh definitely yeah, i know i've i've already filled up a couple here our next question comes from pass on the outside who says why is it that there was no video broadcast for vp racing challenge races at sebring i uh, double checked the rest of the races uh, and they all have stated that there will be a broadcast but uh, for sebring they did not will there be some sort of imsa related video release later as far as i know no there will not be an imsa video release later um there was no tv cameras set up um the, it was done during the prologue weekend and there were no cameras for the prologue either so unfortunately, we don't have any video footage. I, I know IMSA Radio um, broadcasted with, with John Hindoff leading the coverage, I think alongside Greg Kramer, and they were actually using binoculars to go sight around the track to try to follow what was going on, doing it basically old school um, to help the listeners follow the races. Um, so I, I think that was the best we got for this weekend. I think it's a one-off. I don't believe we have any other weekends like this where – um, cameras aren't set up or it's not part of a, a full, fully fledged WeatherTech Championship event. So 
Um, yeah, it was sort of determined early on that this, we, this wouldn't have any any streaming or video footage, but um, we can definitely look forward to the next uh, VP Racing Sports Car Challenge round with full coverage in sound and vision. We also had some questions come in on Twitter. Our first from Dr. Joey Bananas, who says, I've seen the take my ball and go home attitude from plenty before. Hardwick and IMSA and WEC. How often are these legit gripes versus a convenient excuse to go and change a business model? Uh, John, I'm curious for your take on this one. Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's true the Porsche was at a big deficit at Daytona. And and there's no lying about that or getting around that fact. Um, I personally think maybe Ryan Hardwick was a little bit quick to react um, for his decision making. I, I know his focus this year is largely on competing in the 24 hours of Le Mans and by doing some extra WEC races before the race itself definitely prepares them in a better way in addition to doing an ELMS program with the car. So um, not saying that was a scapegoat, but um, certainly IMSA has made some changes to the the BOP. Uh, the, the belief is that it's it will be better. Um, we have yet to see the cars on track, so we'll have to wait and see until Thursday morning. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest and, and say that I I, I think Ryan should have gave, gave it a little more time. Got maybe he should have waited through the Sebring weekend. Um, he very well could have committed to the early season WEC races and reserve his judgment on whether he wants to do the WeatherTech Sprint Cup rounds later because Long Beach is still a month away. So. Um, let's wait and see what happens. I'm, I'm pretty confident IMSA's made some improvements to the BOP, and um, Ryan could be proved wrong in, in that case. Well, John, we mentioned earlier in the episode about all the support series, and let's go in and talk about some of them. We've already talked a little bit about the VP Racing Sports Car Challenge. It's in its second event of the season. They had a pair of rounds at Daytona. Now their third and fourth rounds having taken place during the prologue. It's a new series by IMSA this year, the LMP3 cars and the GT4s. We're also going to see Michelin Pilot Challenge later in the week alongside the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup uh, with that new title sponsor. We actually got to catch up with Troy Bundy earlier today in the paddock as all the cars were being unloaded. And there's a lot of excitement going into the Carrera Cup season. Yeah, Troy basically heads up Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America and actually the um, single make series in general for Porsche Motorsport North America and GT racing. He came from Australia just over a year ago um, where he basically headed up their motorsport department over there. So it comes with a lot of experience and background. And um, we sat down with him to get some extra feedback and, and reaction and insight into this season in, in Porsche Deluxe Career Cup North America. And really interesting uh, insight. You can check the stories on Sports Car 365 in the coming days and weeks. Um, we should have a couple of them, actually. And uh, really interesting in, in that the calendar for, for this year is split up between IMSA WeatherTech Championship weekends and standalone events, including um, Formula One in Miami and Coda, um, NASCAR at Road America, the Porsche Rennsport Reunion at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So a lot of iconic events. And he gave us a really interesting stat that last year, the total um, in-person attendance for those their races was around 500,000 people. This year, they projected to be about 1.2 million people, just thanks to some of these high-profile events being added to the calendar. So that shows that this series is really on the rise. Um, they had a, a capacity grid, um, oversubscribed for that matter, and they've had actually had to um, turn down some entries, and those are going into some of the other um, Porsche single-make series in North America. So 
Um, really cool to see. We were also invited to the launch party for the the season, and with John Heindorf, um emceeing the event, it was a, a very entertaining evening at, at Sebring. So really looking forward to the start of uh, Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America. They'll have a pair of 40-minute races on Thursday, um, qualifying on Wednesday evening. Yeah, it's a really exciting time uh, to, to be in the series in its third year. The, the ladder system has already worked. We know that Porsche has been working on refining the, the ladder system. We saw the news of that earlier this year uh, about how they've restructured and really made it a, a very clear path for for young drivers who are up and coming and want to make their way in the sport. And, and Porsche is doing a lot to, to help them in that. And Career Cup, I think, is a, is a huge part of that. So it's super exciting to see the series back. The, the quality of the field is really high this year. So we're super excited to, to cover that throughout this weekend and the rest of the season uh, of course you can follow along with the series alongside the vp racing sports car challenge and the michelin pilot challenge on sportscar365.com john something that you and i were talking to john hindoff about at the event was just the, the rate of growth in the sport in general the fact that that imsa the world endurance championship and even some of these support series like career cup north america have so much interest uh from teams and drivers that they actually have to turn people away and, and while you never want to turn someone away i think it's a really exciting time for the sport you talk about a quality problem to have and, and this is certainly one of them because we're not just seeing that in the bigger series we're also seeing it in the support series and these are where the the future stars and talent are really getting their start and honing their skills so it, it's just awesome to see yeah lamborghini sold out of their huracan super trofeo evo twos last year that basically resulted in in a, in a sellout grid for their championships so it's not just in porsche carrera cup uh, mazda mx5 has bumper grids michelin pilot challenge as we mentioned has over 40 cars this weekend um, lots of uh, exciting battles developing there in, in the GS and TCR classes. You can check out a story on Sports Car 365 for full details on that series that has their race also on Thursday um, due to the uh, pretty condensed schedule we have um, with WEC running on Friday and the 12-hour on Saturday. But um, nonetheless, yeah, it's a great time to be a fan of sports car racing and a, a great time if you're lucky enough to get behind the wheel of a sports car because um, there's a lot of different options out there and um, there seems to be a lot of single make championships that are really bringing a lot of drivers on board um, pro-am am professionals as well looking to make their way up the ranks as junior drivers and whatnot so um, there's a lot of diversity and, and it's great to see everything flourishing so well post-covid absolutely and i think Sebring is one of the perfect events to, to highlight this, just the amount of, of cars and, and the variety of cars and variety of series that we'll see on track is is a good indication of, of where the sport is at. So kind of going back to Christopher's question, I think another thing you can do is is bring some sunscreen because you're not going to want to leave the side of the track. There's so much action to watch the the whole event long. So we really hope you enjoy it. I think that's a good place to end for today. And we'll, of course, have more updates and news for you throughout the week as we're bringing you more Double Stint at Sebring episodes. But for now, that's it for us on this podcast. If you have the time, we'd greatly appreciate a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. It really helps out the show. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you're tuning in from. For John DeGeese, I'm Jonathan Grace. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for another edition of Double Stint at Sebring.